Eagle Nation, you're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Georgia Southern coming off their bye week, and so are we. We decided to take uh, a little break, uh, a much-needed break. Um, you know, I had a week-long vacation, actually uh, watched the Clemson game from a hotel room in Vegas. And, and Cody, honestly, my only regret is uh, not placing a bet on Georgia Southern to cover the spread. Yeah, they, they barely covered it, only by one point. But still, um, you definitely would have won some money out there. Yeah, so um, you know we we will talk about that Clemson game, thirty eight to seven, the first loss of the season um, for Georgia Southern. Um, not really surprising there, but uh, you know the score not really indicative to uh, how that game went. So we'll get into that, and you know what what that kind of means for the rest of the season. We'll also preview the Sun Belt. You know that that's what we were going to do this this last week before kind of deciding to, to take a little break. But we've got a few games under, uh, every team has a few games under their belt now. Um, the picture uh, of the Sun Belt is becoming a little bit more clear. So the, the front runners, you know, are becoming more clear. And we'll talk about where Georgia Southern may fit into that. And we'll preview the conference opener uh, coming up as Arkansas State, who has uh, dominated the conference the last couple of years heads into Statesboro for for what should be a really big game Cody yeah definitely Matt this is going to be a huge game for us it definitely it opens up conference play and it's all important to get that win and go ahead and uh, set the standard and set the precedent that uh, Georgia Southern is definitely back in the uh, contention for a Sun Belt championship so all that and more, we'll close talking a little ticket gate. We'll actually uh, we'll also talk about um, some controversy over uh, Nats Landing uh, and, and uh, social media posts that, that kind of landed them in hot water. So all that and more, you're listening to Gotta Talk. Uh, that's Cody. I'm Matt. Let's get it. Let's get it. So kicking things off, let's talk about the Clemson game. First loss of the season for Georgia Southern, 38-7. to Obviously, Eagle Nation would have liked that to be a little closer. But watching that game, Cody, um, like I said uh, in the intro, you know, uh, not really telling the final score, not really telling to how that game went. It was scoreless after one. Uh, the defense played uh, really strong, um, obviously missing uh, some, some key players there. Uh, Josh Moon and Ian Bush uh, both out for uh, undisclosed reasons and then you had several injuries where you where you had like five defensive starters out at one point and we were still uh, you know forcing turnovers and and, and hanging with them on defense Um, so you know it was a a 24 to 7 game I believe at one point Um, so a lot closer than that that final 38 to 7 score. Yeah, it definitely was and um, as you mentioned you had the suspensions and the injuries and you would expect that a team that's ranked that high in Clemson would just kind of walk all over us at that point. But then what we saw there is that we really have uh, strength, uh, determination, and uh, depth in our uh, defensive, uh, let's see, linebacker, secondary, and a line. So it was all in all very impressive to see and very encouraging um, coming up for a conference play. Yeah, you had uh, Kendall Vildor there uh, with a pick um, early on. You had uh, Rashad Bird 
uh, with a pick later on. We uh, forced a fumble. Uh, still really uh, killing it uh, with the turnovers. Um, you know, that's something we've talked about um, the, the last few weeks is, you know, limiting penalties and uh, winning the turnover battle. And, and that's something that uh, we did again against Clemson. It obviously didn't show this time on the scoreboard, um, but uh, something that's uh, really positive to take to carry on into conference play. It definitely was uh, to, to lead it uh, or to have a plus two in the turnover margin against a team like Clemson. It's very impressive. And like I said, it just bodes well for – uh, conference play and I think really shows just how well this defense uh, can play and you know let's let's get in obviously offense uh, not a bright spot that's not that surprising we knew you know uh, coming in to be able to run the ball especially up the middle was going to be incredibly difficult against that Clemson uh, defensive line we talked about it in the preview of how their front four uh, may be not not only the best in college football this year uh, but one of the best if not the best ever so you know you've got four guys that are probably gonna uh, go to the NFL probably be first round draft picks if not uh, maybe one falls to the second round but Georgia Southern did what they kind of needed to do to kind of switch things up I want to talk about CJ Wright uh, throwing in that that big nose tackle um, in there Uh, no one kind of really expected that and you know maybe the first time he came in you thought maybe it was a decoy Uh, you know he gets one carry and you think it's just kind of a gimmick Um, he ends up getting five carries for 20 yards averaging four yards a carry Cody yeah that was um, definitely a shock uh, to see him come in especially in this game for those who know about his high school playing days, he did play running back um, for Scraven County as well. So it wouldn't be a total surprise if uh, knowing you know his background and, and what he did in high school. But still, it's still a shock that they they bring out this uh, uh, weapon on our offense for this Clemson game. And to be honest with you, Matt, I think if uh, Ian Bush wasn't suspended uh, for this game, that we actually probably would have saw C.J. Wright play even more at a running back, especially with kind of the success that he had, um, really pounding that middle of the uh, Clemson defensive line. It would have definitely would have been great to see him get more touches and especially see if that couldn't open up the outside uh, with Wirtz and Garrett and Fields and the rest of our uh, running backs. Yeah, so, so you think that we'll probably see him maybe, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the season, especially uh, within conference play? I definitely think so, uh, especially when we get in like goal line stances or really probably any time we get within five yards of the goal line. I would not be surprised at all if we see him come out there, if anything, to to really force defenses to, to um, either collapse a defensive line and leave the outside wide open for Wurtz or whoever to walk right in or for him just to bulldoze everybody and just walk in the end zone himself. So, yeah, I definitely think that this is um, not the last time we see this. Yeah, and at, at six foot uh, two ninety, um, I mean that is just a monster presence. Um, to I mean, obviously, Clemson, <laughs> you know, in, in that in that uh, that dominating defensive line uh, uh, struggled tackling them. Um, I don't think anyone in the Sun Belt, any defense in the Sun Belt, um, is going to be able to stop this guy. So yeah, I mean the way that he hit the defensive line for Clemson, I mean they couldn't really tackle him or really do much of anything except for I think two of his rushes in which they stopped him. But the other three looked really, really good. If Clemson had a hard time tackling him, what what do you think the Sun Belt defenses are gonna uh, do? They're not gonna do better than Clemson, that's for sure. So I think he'll definitely be a presence. He'll definitely be something that all the teams will have to prepare for, whether or not we use him or not, which may be just a a small victory in and of itself. 
So um, look for this to 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 show itself um, or or to see this again um, uh, in conference play. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we talked about in the preview. You know, one of the things that you're looking for in this game. I mean, obviously, you're trying to go in to win. You're trying to get a huge upset. Um, but you want to stay healthy, and, and unfortunately, that's something that didn't happen. We we did see a lot of injuries. Um, so you know, where where do you think we stand there, Cody? Hopefully, we get everybody back. Um, I don't think we'll really hear anything out of it prior to the Arkansas State game. I'll be really surprised if they say what the status of anybody is. To be honest with you, it's kind of like how uh, Ellis Richardson was before the Clemson game, right? We hear I think Lunsford say that yeah, he expects him to play, and then he doesn't he doesn't play. So you know, I don't think that we'll hear anything. We'll just have to wait till Saturday to see uh, who's dressed out and who's not. So the only other thing I want to touch on with the Clemson game, Cody, is, uh, you know, getting back to defense, um, you had, uh, talking about injuries, you had uh, Clemson's quarterback, you know, they're, they're doing that platoon system with, with the two-quarterback system. Kelly Bryant, their starter from last year, um, actually uh, went out um, for the game. Uh, you know, he was 7 for 10 for 68 yards and uh, an interception. Um, wasn't playing very well, uh, to be honest. You know, he, uh, we, we were controlling him, um, definitely more of a, uh, a run first quarterback um, and, and we were containing them uh, pretty well and then uh, enter the true freshman uh, phenom uh, Trevor Lawrence and uh, he kind of had his way uh, finishing 12 for 19 for 194 yards a touchdown did throw an interception um, but you know I, I, I tweeted out during the game I think uh, Bryant going out of that game uh, may have been the worst thing that could have happened to George Southern. Yeah, I mean, both of the quarterbacks are really good, but you could definitely see that that Lawrence had a, a better feel for that game, and, and overall, I think did better and led their offense more efficiently than than Kelly Bryant did. But in regards to that, I think the one thing that that Lawrence did, or at least their offense did when he was quarterback, was that they hit the the passes over the middle that seemed to be there. Um, I think it was Ross who had that touchdown in which he made like two or three defenders miss a tackle in the secondary. And he's hit that pass, I think, two or three times in that game. So even though the defense played well, despite all the adversity that they had in this game, that's the one thing in which I think that hopefully we can improve upon is not to let those passes over the middle be such wide open completions. Otherwise, going up against Ark State, Louisiana Monroe, App State, and so forth, uh, it's, if we don't sure that up, those teams are going to exploit that in our defense and will cause those games to be uh, not as easy as what we hope. So hopefully that's something they work on and, and get fixed And uh, before we start conference play here Saturday. <laughs> All right, so moving along to uh, our Sunbelt preview, um, you know, this this is kind of a, a good point of the season to kind of talk about uh, the bigger picture of, of how the Sunbelt looks, Cody. Um, you know, obviously Georgia Southern entering conference play uh, against Arkansas State coming up here. But, you know, several teams, uh, six of the ten teams in the conference uh, already have uh, one conference game under their belt, um, as well as, uh, you know, a, a kind of a good variety of non-conference opponents, um, you know, some some FCS opponents uh, that – uh, they uh, team some teams struggle with uh, some teams handled easily and then uh, some uh, power five opponents which you had some surprises like with App State uh, you know hanging there with with Penn State um, you had Troy being Nebraska 
and then you had um, obviously uh, you know some some blowouts, which you would expect, uh, like Arkansas State falling to Alabama. Um, so let's just kind of talk about where where we see uh, the conference. And and honestly, you know, we we previewed it before the season, and we were talking how. Uh, Troy, App State, Arkansas State, uh, always kind of the the front runners every year. Um, but we kind of saw Troy and Arkansas State maybe being in a class of their own, and and App State being you know a, a few tiers below that, um, losing uh, you know both defensive coordinators, um, uh, one in Scott Sloan that we took, and then also uh, losing the quarterback in Taylor Lamb. But Cody, after three games now, uh, it looks like Appalachian State is uh, is is kind of the front runner in the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah, I think uh, App State looks the strongest out of the the three that you've mentioned between Troy and Arkansas State. So uh, their quarterback that they have has definitely done a a lot better job than what you and I expected him to to do starting out the season. Um, Like you said, they nearly beat Penn State at their place. So I think App State is now the the front runner in this conference. I know that all the talk is going to be about Arkansas State, you know, based on what they've done the last – uh, three to four years and, and that they have the senior quarterback with Hanson. But, you know, this App State team to me looks like it is the, the, the top dog in this conference right now. So, again, I think um, we'll see how it all plays out, of course. But, you know, right now App State looks like the team to beat. And if you look at their games, you know, again, and this is something we'll touch on with other teams, but, I mean, you have the 45-38 to 38 loss, obviously, at Penn State. Um, so, so you know, right off the bat, we're like, oh, you know, we we might be in trouble. Like this team is for real. Then they go and play at Charlotte, dominate that game, forty-five to nine. Then they had their game against Southern Mississippi uh, postponed, uh, not canceled, but postponed. So they might uh, try to make up that uh, later on in the season. Uh, obviously, uh, Hurricane Florence um, at play there. Georgia Southern against uh, Clemson. That was the only game in the Carolinas, only major college football game in the Carolinas during that weekend. Then they, after that kind of impromptu to uh, bye week, Cody, uh, they go and, and roll against uh, Garner-Webb 72-7. Um, to 7. Uh, So, you know, they, they've they really just kind of been uh, dominant, especially that offense has just not missed a beat um, since losing Taylor Lamb. Yeah, Matt, I think that's kind of the most important part in all this is that the App State offense actually looks better um, under this new quarterback than what it did under Lamb. So, um you know, we were kind of expecting that, that their offense would fall off um, and that that would leave the door open to, to maybe taking this division. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So it looks like the uh, the march to, to win this division is, is definitely a lot uh, harder than what uh, you and I anticipated to be. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up the division. You know, let's look at that. Uh, you know, we previewed it, but yeah, you, you you've got Troy, App State, Coastal Carolina, which which is making strides. Um, you know, it looks like uh, Georgia State um, is you know kind of one of the the basement dwellers right now, uh, not just in the division uh, but the conference um, along with Texas State. Um, but you know, it looks like that East Division. It's pretty stacked, Cody. I mean, you've you've got the West with Arkansas State and everybody else, basically, um, with uh, South Alabama, Monroe, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, and Texas State. Um, so it's, it's just kind of their division to lose, basically, um, where the East is is kind of wide open with uh, with Troy, App State, um, kind of being the front runners. Um, you know, we're uh, and, and Georgia Southern kind of making strides. We're not really sure where where they might fit in there, but uh, you know, we think that. They might be able to make a run, and, and uh, you know, obviously with 
playing those two uh, games and, and getting those two teams at home um, could, could be crucial. Yeah, it definitely could be. Um, I agree with you that I think the Eastern Division is definitely the, the stronger of the two divisions in this conference. As you said, I think when you look at it as a whole, right, you have Texas State and Georgia State, and they're definitely the bottom two teams in this conference. And I don't even think it's really close. If you look at who they've played, how they've played, and, and, and their losses, those two are definitely the, the, the bottom dwellers in, in each of their divisions, respectfully. So outside of that, um, in the in the Eastern Division, like you said, you have App and Troy. That's gonna that is gonna be the front runners for that. And then you have us, and I think Coastal. And if uh, to be honest with you, Coastal to me is is gonna be a sneaky team, in in how conference play shakes out. They will beat somebody that they're not supposed to. I don't know if it's gonna be Troy or App or Arkansas State, but they are gonna beat somebody that they're not supposed to win. They got their head coach back. Obviously, he was out all of last season with his health issues. Um, and they look to be a lot better team this season. So we definitely have it uh, difficult, and we have to come in each and every week knowing that every team that we play is going to to bring it and that they're not going to just lay down for us. Um, they're not going to just look at our, our name and say, oh, no, it's short of the Southern. We can't beat them. No, they're going to they're gonna come and they're going to bring it. Uh, we have to be able to uh, be prepared to play. Otherwise, a team like Coastal, a team like South Alabama, if we don't come in ready to play, they're gonna they're gonna put it to us. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be difficult. But I think it's doable, especially with the home games that we have with it. Arkansas State, App State, and, and Troy all at home. I think we have the ability to do it. Um, but it's it's not gonna be easy at all. Yeah, and and that's a good point about uh, Coastal too. You know, talking about upsetting someone. I mean, I think at, at this point. Um, even at this, uh, you know, early juncture, I think you could say that them beating Georgia Southern at this point could be an upset. But, you know, we get them second to last game of the season. It is on the road. So if uh, we do stumble against App State, if we do stumble against Troy, you know, maybe we're looking at that coastal game to get into bowl eligibility um, or to, you know, fight for a better bowl, maybe fight for, you know, a division crown. But, I mean, it, it, it could come to that game. Um, so, you know, that's uh, – and then obviously closing out in Atlanta um, against Georgia State. Um, you know, a rivalry game. They've uh, taken the last three. Uh, so definitely want to win there, especially after, uh, you know, the year they're having so far, like you mentioned. So um, that's that's really going to be key. Um, but, yeah, definitely can't take any, any team um, on the schedule uh, here on out for granted. No, we can't. Um, and uh, if we do, if we do take it for granted um, – it will it will be a long night for us for sure. I think the thing to to really kind of watch out for is the way how conference kind of shakes up. You mentioned that how the 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 West Division is kind of up for or not really up for grabs, but it's for Arkansas State to to lose. I think that's made even a bigger point considering that Arkansas State doesn't even play Troy, so they miss out on one of the harder teams in the conference to play. So when they don't have to play Troy and they pretty much get a a pretty I don't want to say the, the easy ride, but I think they get a much easier ride than probably the other four teams in their division. Uh, I think it's almost, I don't want to say a foregone conclusion, but I think they're coming out of the West as the as the Western Division champs, and they're going to be in that championship game uh, come the first weekend in December. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I mean, if you look at their schedule, and then we'll, we'll get into more uh you know, previewing them as a team, um, you know, a little bit later. But, uh, you know, they get, uh, like you said, they avoid playing Troy. They get App State at home. 
Um, you know, they go on the road to Louisiana Lafayette. They get ULM at home. Maybe that's their, uh, outside of app, their second biggest test, you know, left on the schedule. Um, so yeah, I mean, pr- pretty much smooth sailing, uh, for the Red Wolves, it looks like. And, um, you know, like I said, basically their, their division to lose. So I, I, I think they're, they're kind of your, they're kind of your Alabama right now, you know, uh, out there in the West. Um, you know, so, uh, we're going to battle it out for the EC where the, where that falls. And then the winner will play, uh, Arkansas state in that, uh, first ever Sunbelt conference championship. So closing out, looking at, uh, the Sunbelt preview, let's, let's just kind of, uh, dive a little bit deeper into where Georgia Southern falls in this. Um, you know, all the other teams have played a few games. So have we, uh, and you know, we've got, we're two and one. Um, the uh, Clemson game, you know, thirty-eight to seven. But like we mentioned, uh, you know, we played pretty well in that game, especially the defense. And you know, I, I think uh, especially getting guys back, if, if guys bounce back from injuries, um, you know, uh, we get some guys like uh, Ellis Richardson back, um, tight end on on offense, uh, who has been out the last two games. Uh, you know, I, I think we'll just get uh, stronger. So, Cody, wh- where do you think uh, Georgia Southern falls um, in this Eastern Division? Um, and you know, how do you think that has changed since uh, kind of our um, outlook before the season started? Well, I think. As far as where they fall, I think right now that they're they fall number three. I mean, if I'm honest, I think they fall number three. I know that there's a lot of there seems to be a lot of talk out there about us going ten and two, eleven and one, especially the way that how we played against uh, Clemson and how kind of some of the other teams may have looked in their non-conference uh, games so far. I know that if you go and you look at the, the ESPN percentages as far as who shall win or who shouldn't win for the rest of our season, we're either we're at a 50% chance of winning or more in every game except for Appalachian State. So if you just go by that, you know, it appears that we'll be 10-2 and two at the end of the season. If we get that, that's fantastic. That's great. I hope that we do. I hope we do end up 10-2, and 11-1 and one, um, at the end of the season. But I want to kind of tone it back a little bit and kind of pump the brakes and say – We've kind of been here before, back in 2010. So if you go back there, when Munkin came in his first season, we started off 3-1. and one. We had the close game against Navy um, at their place. That was a Navy team that I believe went 8-5. and five. They had beaten Notre Dame that year. They lost to, I think it was like San Diego State or something in the Poinsettia Bowl that season. So it wasn't a bad Navy team. We lost to them 13-7. We played them great. It's where Munkin said his, you know, we're Georgia Southern, we're supposed to win. And everything looked fantastic those first four games. Well, then we get into October, and we see a Wolford team that was kind of starting to to pick up its play, and we lose to them. And then the next three games, we lose two of those against teams that were not that great. And we go into the Appalachian State game that season, four and four. They're number one. And a lot of the talk at that point wasn't even us making the, the playoffs it was us if we're going to finish above 500 that season. And then, of course, we beat them. We win the final two games. We beat Furman. And, of course, we get to the semifinals. Um, so before we get too, too excited about us really kind of running this table, we have to kind of take a deep breath and say, this is still a young team. This is still a team that came off a 2-10 season. Yeah, we've seen some great strides, especially with turnover margin, penalties, discipline, effort, enthusiasm. Um, coaching leadership, which is 
by far uh, leaps and bounds above where we were the last two seasons. But there's still going to be difficulties coming up, I think. Do I think we make a ball? Do I think we get to six wins? Yes. Do I think we're going to go 10-2 and two or 11-1? and one? I hope so. I don't think that that's a accurate or a realistic look at it um, for this season. So I think we still end up third in the division. I think we finish 7-5, and 8-4, and four, um, and we get to a ball. And I think if we do that, that's a fantastic start to the season. And then we can look at 2019 and 2020 as uh, years in which we should contend and win the conference championship and then really push for, uh, you know, one or two lost seasons and really trying to get our name out there as uh, the G5 school that should really start competing for an access bowl bid. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really uh, realistic analysis there. I mean, as, as, as we mentioned, you've got uh, the, the top teams in the conference at home, which is great, but with a young team, even if we beat Troy, even if we beat App State, you know, we we could drop a, a game that maybe we shouldn't uh, to Coastal. Um, I hope I hope it doesn't happen, but maybe to Georgia State. Um, you know, maybe we go on the road at uh, ULM and and lose that one, or even New Mexico State, uh, which you know they. Uh, you know, had a had a good year last year. You know, made a bowl, uh, but now they are out of the Sun Belt Conference. Um, we always play. Uh, you know, it's always rough for us when we go out there. We never played that well um, out there. So you know, maybe maybe we drop that game. Um, so I, I, I think the way the schedule stacks up, it, it's it's one of those things where yeah, we we could be ten and two, um, eleven and one. Um, but I, I think the seven to eight range is probably more realistic. Obviously, it will become more clear as the season uh, moves on. I think it will become a lot more clear actually after this Arkansas State game. I know we talked about the UMass game of how that would kind of be a barometer of um, how good we could be. I think the Arkansas State game will show how many wins we might be capable of, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, I I think, uh, you know, the UMass game went, uh, you know, as planned, uh, much improved in that game. So, I mean, it it shows our potential. I think if we can come out of that Arkansas State game with a win, Cody, I think that will really kind of show of, of where where we kind of stand in the conference in the Eastern Division um, and, and whether or not we're contenders or pretenders. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if we come out and beat this Arkansas State team, um, then I think we could definitely come out of that game as, as a contender for the championship, and not only just to make it, but to, to win it, you know, because whoever we play is going to be out of that West, and if we beat the best team out of the West, all right, I think, you know, we'll definitely be looked at as a team to be favorite to win. Again, we still have a tough road. He's still got App State, of course, and, and Troy. But um, even if it's a close win, we, we, we still come out as a, as a contender in, 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 a, in a team that, that that should win the conference. But like I said, it's this is still a young team. It's still a long season um, left that we have. And I, don't, I just don't think that right now the expectations – should be that we should be ten and two or eleven and one. I think that's really kind of way too high for this team. Uh, do I see the potential for this team? Definitely, but I don't think that should be the expectations. At least not at at this point. Now, if we, you know, beat Ark State, roll through the next three games, we get out State and beat them, and now we're seven and one with the final four games. Then yeah, the expectations at that point is to be eleven and one. But right now, from what we've seen, not yet. We'll see what happens. I hope for the best. 
but I'm still kind of thinking that this is this season's going to reminisce a lot of the 2010 season that we saw under Monk in his first year. All right, so now let's uh, preview that Arkansas State game, Cody. Um, you know, uh, looking at you know schedules here. Um, you know, sort of like I mentioned with App State. Uh, you know, you you had the the one big opponent. Obviously, theirs didn't go as well. Uh, you know, they faced number one Alabama um, in the in week two, um, losing fifty seven to seven. Um, and the rest of their opponents, you know, uh, they had a FCS opponent in Southeast Missouri to open the year. Uh, won that game forty eight to twenty one. Um, won uh, week three um, at Tulsa. Uh, that was the uh, first non-conference road win um, for the Red Wolves uh, since 2008, and then won last week against uh, at home against uh, UNLV, um, 27 to 20. Um, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that game in a minute, but you know, just kind of looking at this Arkansas State team um, and their schedule, I mean, it's kind of hard to get a read of of exactly where they are and and, and where they might end up. Uh, you know, as we uh, mentioned in the last segment, um, it, it seems like they they certainly are the front runners in their division um but but we've seen this before we've seen arkansas state start the year uh, really bad we've seen them start uh winless uh and then uh and then just roll uh once conference play starts so um wh- wh- how, how do you see this arkansas state team uh, shaping up as you mentioned this arkansas state team seemed to be like a dr jekyll mr high type of a team when it comes to out of conference and and in conference play this year they're, they're they're three and one their only loss like you said is to alabama um, but you can't really hold that up against them considering that Alabama's killing everybody right now and doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. I think what you get is you get a very experienced team that definitely know the, the offense. They, they know, you know what they're doing. They know the game plan. They know how and what they want to do. You know, it's going to you know, it's gonna be difficult. We kind of think that they're similar to UMass, but in actuality, they're a lot better than UMass. Their quarterback play is, is a whole lot better. He's a, you know, he's a little bit more mobile than the UMass quarterbacks, so that'll be something that they'll have to, to contend with. Um, he's not the most mobilist of quarterbacks, but he can definitely run the ball uh, when needed. Uh, they're going to be tough. Like I said, if the middle of the field is open and the the defense just leaves that open like they did against Clemson, it's going to be very difficult to stop this offense because they're going to exploit that on every drive. And they're going to try to look for that and, and get those big plays and, uh, and move the ball down the field. And, uh, and they'll put up points on us if they do. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at their last game against UNLV, I was able to watch uh, most of that game. And, um, you know, UNLV is, is a much improved team. Um, obviously used to be like, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of those teams in, in Nevada and New Mexico, um, you know, kind of at, at the bottom of, of FBS. But they're 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 improved. Uh, you know, they came in at two and one um, and they uh, actually came in uh, number three in the country in rushing. Um, so something, uh, you know, that that Georgia Southern want, wants to get to and, and, and you know, is, is moving in that direction. But uh, with, uh, you know, they had 310 yards against Arkansas State. Uh, they do run a variation of the option, not so much the triple option. Um, they did have, uh, you know, a few um, kind of option rollouts with pitches, but uh, most of it was uh, was read option. But, um, you know, that obviously is kind of good to see them have success against this Arkansas State defense. I think it is important to note that game, uh, it was sloppy. The weather was terrible. I guess it had been raining uh, the night before and didn't stop for like 24 hours. So um, there there wasn't a big crowd there. You know, there was a lot of turnovers, um, hard to hold on to the football. But, you know, I, I do think it's important to note 
um, you know, how well UNLV uh, did kind of running a, a option based offense, um, uh, especially on uh, kind of quarterback reads. Uh, you know, they, they had a few lapses where the quarterback would just take off for, uh, you know, 30 or 40 yards down the field. Um, so I think that could could really come into play, you know, coming in facing Georgia Southern. Um, I, I do think we are uh, more athletic um, on on offense, um, especially at the quarterback position with Shai Wirtz. So I, I think uh, that could could really uh, kind of be interesting and could be a key uh, to see how the Arkansas State defense uh, handles Bob DeBess's offense. Yeah, as much as I've talked about how our defense is going to have to really play smart and, and play um, intelligently against Arkansas State's offense. Uh, the same is going to be said about Arkansas State's defense against our offense. Uh, last year they gave up nearly 500 yards of total offense against us, um, and that was under Tyson Summers. So we actually have an offensive coordinator and head coach that you know that seems to have a game plan going into each week. So I think our offense will be able to move the ball up and down the field against this uh, Arkansas State defense. Uh, to me, their front seven was kind of their biggest uh, question mark and maybe their weakness um, on this team. And if we can really exploit that and really run the ball up and down uh, the field and, and score points and, and, and really kind of put the pressure on their offense, then I think it's going to be a good day for us. But if for some reason we come out and we can't do that, then it's gonna and then it's gonna definitely be a long day for us for sure. Um, so we'll see. Again, I think I think we'll be able to to, to definitely put some yards up on them. Um, it's just can we get into the to the end zone? Um, and if you look at it so far, I think at a ten red zone trip, I think we've put I think we scored what all ten times um, with nine yeah, of them being right. touchdowns, yep. if I'm yep. not mistaken. Um, so that bodes well. Um, if we can, like I said, if we can put the ball in the end zone, unlike what we've been able to do the last two years when we play them, which we should have beat them both years, then I think we'll win. But if we can't, then I think uh, you'll see a repeat of the last two years. Yeah, and and going back to their offense and and, and their quarterback uh, Justice Hanson. I mean, he uh, I believe is the was the preseason uh, Sun Belt player of the year correct I think so yeah so I mean he you know he comes in with uh, 754 yards uh, seven touchdowns two interceptions um, you know he had uh, six touchdown passes in that uh, big win um, against uh, Southeast Missouri State uh, to open the year um, obviously uh, you know struggled a little bit against Alabama um, and then uh, actually had no touchdown passes against uh, Tulsa and then followed up with three touchdown throws um, against UNLV so just kind of talk a little bit about Justice Hansen. As you mentioned, he he is uh, more mobile than uh, some of the other quarterbacks we've seen um, so far. Uh, may, you know, maybe outside of Clemson. But how, how do you think we handle him um, on defense? And you know, especially that that secondary um, that so far has kind of lived up to the the high billing. And uh, you know, especially against Clemson, uh, you know, played really really well. So how, how do you think they'll do against Hansen? I think the game plan is going to be the same as it kind of was against UMass. Keep it all in front of you don't get beat um don't let anybody get behind you and and make them earn their way down the field to score now it's going to be a whole lot harder than what it was against UMass but I think it's going to be pretty much kind of the same train of thought or, or, or mindset that they're going to throw the ball they're going to get their completions just don't let it be for the big play don't let it be kind of how it was last year in which he throws four interceptions but he also throws for four or five touchdowns and they score three touchdowns within a five-minute game time at the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half. It's kind of to limit their big plays, force them to earn their way up and down the field, 
And if you do that, you'll keep their score low, which will allow our offense to to be able to 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 win the game for us. And I guess finally, let's just kind of talk about um, you know penalties and turnovers again. Uh, just you know how, how important uh, that is. You know, you you kind of touched on it, Cody, but. You know, these uh, last couple years, uh, you know, we should have beaten this team and turnovers came into play. So just kind of talk about how how important it's going to be to, um, you know, win the turnover battle and also uh, limit penalties. And that, that's something that I will mention against uh, UNLV. Uh, Arkansas State looked uh, pretty sloppy. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, the weather maybe uh, comes into play a little bit there. But, uh, you know, they, they had, you know, a really bad pass interference call uh, late in the game that, that let UNLV um, get back uh, into it. I believe it was uh, fourth down. And, uh, you know, they, they hit the guy in the end zone, give him, a, you know, uh, give him the ball there at the one, and then uh, had a late hit out of bounds um, too. So, uh, you know, it kind of some of those boneheaded plays that you saw, uh, you know, Georgia Southern defense is making, you know, the last couple of years under under the previous coaching staff um so that just kind of uh, you know talk about how how important that will be to win the turnover battle and then uh be be more disciplined uh, it, it definitely will be important um i think if we if we come in kind of the same way that we've done the last three games in which we win the turnover battle and and we don't penalize ourselves and, and put our offense or our defense in, in bad situations with penalties um i think uh we'll be in really good shape to win uh now arkansas state you know we we know how they play. We we've seen them the last two or three seasons. Um, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna commit their penalties. They're gonna they're going to, you know, they're gonna get you know the, the personal foul here, the personal foul there. But regardless, we have no control over that. What we have to do is is control what we can control, and and not do it ourselves. Don't don't give them the the extra first down on a personal foul. Don't retaliate. Don't give them an extra possession. Because they will, they'll take advantage of it. You know, I think the last two games that we've had, I think we've forced five turnovers in each game. Now, in the first game, we didn't score. That was the biggest thing with that, um, and which led to the the loss of that game. And then, in last year's game, we created I think five turnovers, but we also turned the ball over ourselves four times. So we just can't do that. If we don't, we'll be in a great shape to win the football game on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I finally let's kind of talk about, you know, the crowd and the environment of Paulson Stadium and, and how that will come into play. Attendance not really being what, you know, a lot uh, of Eagle Nation would, uh, you know, hoped for, you know, coming in, you know, the, the, the first two games of the season. I, you know, I think it was just over 15,000, 16,000, you know, so, you know, it seems like the students have been coming out. I, you know, it seems like the, the home side has, has been pretty filled in, but you know, that upper deck has been, uh, you know, pretty empty. So yeah, I know there's a huge, obviously marketing push uh, campaign to get 25,000 plus, uh, you know, close to 26,000 um, in Paulson stadium uh, this Saturday. Uh, so do you think we hit that or, or, or come close to that Cody? And, and, and if we do, uh, you know, what what do you think the environment's going to be like and, and how will that come into play in uh, into this game? Yeah, I think we come close. I don't think we get to the 25,000 mark, but I think we definitely come close. We'll be, I think, somewhere between probably twenty one to 22,000 people there. But still, that's a lot better than what it was the first two games. I think kind of what we had in the first two games was almost kind of like a wait-and-see approach, it seemed like, right? So South Carolina State came into play or came into town to play and, you know, we beat them. All right, great. Well, we're supposed to beat them. Now UMass came into town, and, and that was a team that, that completely just 
annihilated us last year. So I think, you know, it's starting to get the feel back that, yes, our football team's back. Yes, we're back to those winning ways. And so I, you know, I think it will be 21, 22,000 to get that many people in that stadium. One is going to energize the team, going to get the place rocking. Two, it's going to make Arkansas State, you know, be intimidated and, 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 and really kind of put them on their heels and, and think, wow, this, this, this is a different atmosphere. This is, this is uh, not what we were expecting. You know, they came here last year. They played on that Wednesday night game. I think there was only 15,000 people, you know, at that game. So for us to get, you know, a lot of people in that stadium is going to be huge. And, and to get it rocking and to get it to really, to really get that, you know, power of Paulson, as we've seen online, I think is going to be huge for us in this game. So um, let's definitely try to get as close to that 25,000 as possible and get that place as loud as possibly be, um, considering um, who we're playing against, kind of what it would, would signal to the rest of the conference and what it would signal just for this, uh, the state of this program in and of itself. If we show up on Saturday and we beat them, I mean, that shows a lot. We go from 2-10 and 10 to now we started out 3-1, and one, and we just took out – what many people thought were the best team in this conference. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's get this place as packed out as possible, and let's uh, let's help our team to victory. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's a really good point too about it being a Saturday game. Um, you know that, that, that this uh, both Arkansas State and App State, um, you know, traditionally are uh, kind of midweek games. Um, so as as you mentioned, getting them on on Wednesday, that's that's hard for people to get out of whether or not you know uh, if if you live in Statesboro, especially if you live in Atlanta or, or you know any, anywhere with a significant driving uh, distance from uh, from the borough. So you know, with it being a Saturday, uh, being a night game, you know, against a, a team that has uh, dominated the conference the last couple of years. Yeah, there, there's absolutely no reason why uh, Paulson shouldn't be packed out, and and I, I think it has kind of been a wait and see. But um, you know, we we've seen, uh, you know, we we've seen the potential. The potential's there, and uh, you know, I, I think it it can continue, and it will only uh, help the matter if uh, if if Paulson is rocking. So um, ho- hopefully, that's the the case coming Saturday. <laughs> All right, so in, in today's show, uh, we have uh, two things we kind of want to touch on uh, that's kind of outside of, of the norm as football-related, obviously, but uh, we'll start with Ticket Gate. Um, you know, if you're listening, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, it is uh, what they are calling the uh, the fiasco that happened with the, the Georgia State um, ticketing office. The week of the bye week, they uh, a Georgia Southern fan posted on Twitter this promotion that I, I guess was supposed to be a, a local promotion for um, residents around Panther Stadium, which is the old Turner Field. Um, to try to get uh, people to come to their games. Uh, obviously, they've struggled with attendance, um, you know, since uh, being in, in FBS, really having a football team uh, in general. So uh, they had this promotion, had a promotional card with a promo code on it um, where you could get a free ticket, uh, two free tickets uh, per per code um, for any home game this season. So a, uh, a Georgia Southern fan, uh, whether they live close by and got one of these, uh, somehow they got a hold of one of these cards. Uh, they posted it on Twitter. Um, Eagle Nation went to work and uh, just started buying out that stadium. You know, personally, I, I got six tickets. I'll be honest with you. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, you're, you're going to take advantage of, of uh, you know, a uh, – 
a promotion that wasn't frankly that well thought out so we all know what happens next uh you know georgia state sees the the influx of uh ticket sales for the georgia southern game they void out all the tickets uh, and, and i believe they voided out all the tickets not just for our game but but all the um all the tickets they gave away with that promo code so uh that was a huge deal obviously twitter lit up um, and then you have someone posted later that day uh, another promo code, which I guess had been around uh, since the beginning of the year, uh, which was a BOGO deal, obviously not as, uh, as good as free tickets, but uh, uh, Eagle Nation took advantage of that. Um, I, I went ahead and got my tickets for that using that code. So, you know, j- j- Cody, just kind of talk about your, your thoughts on, on, on Ticketgate, what, what this kind of adds to um, the budding rivalry uh, between us and, and Georgia State. Well, first of all, it wasn't a very well thought out program or initiative to get people into the stadium or or to, or to put seats in, in 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 Turner Field. You know, I think if they really wanted to give out free tickets to those, you know, within the the five block area or whatever the area was around Turner Field, then it should have been like a walk up type deal where you present the flyer at a call gate or something like that. Um, and then that's how you get your two tickets. And then, you know, they know at that point that that's probably somebody local and it's not going to be a whole bunch of Southern fans taking advantage of it. So um, it wasn't very well thought out. Um, you saw then the response, and that wasn't very well thought out either. Um, so it's just, to me, it just seems like a, a lack of, of competent leadership in the ticket office for Georgia State, to be honest with you. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, I don't I don't really expect anything less of them, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not surprised by what they did. Um, I think the smart thing would have been to just have canceled the promo, honor the free tickets, and then everything would have blown over. Because it's kind of what they did with the buy one, get one promo. They eventually saw that we were buying it. They canceled it. And then I think uh, all those tickets are still uh, um, still good for the game. So, you know, it is you know it is what it is. I just think it's a lack of, of leadership in that ticket office and, and really just... Um, you know, for lack of a better word, just 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 incompetence. It's just I mean that's just what it is. It's just incompetence at the state at the Georgia State ticket office. Well, you you at least put a cap or something on it, and that's the thing. I mean, it was ran through Ticketmaster. I know there's ways. I'm in marketing. <laughs> that's why I do for a living. There 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 are ways to do a, a cap on the the allotment of tickets. So, you know, put only 300 tickets for each home game can be used with that promo code or, or whatever, or a certain section only, uh, you know, uh, in the upper deck and then section 200, you know, that can be. But I mean, they, they, they were letting the whole stadium get pot out. And um, yeah, so just just really poor planning and, and, and poor execution. And then uh, and then the handling of it was was just really poor, too. Yeah. And, you know, I think as far as your question as to how does it affect this rivalry I think it just gets our fans just even more fired up I think it just kind of it just kind of puts a little bit more on edge for this game it kind of puts our fans just a little bit more up for it maybe gets us even more excited to 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 travel up there and and to cheer our Eagles to victory that game we know that we're going to have the crowd advantage we know that we're going to have more fans in that stadium than they will um, I think if you just look at the pictures for this game against Western Michigan, um, I don't know what they said was the official attendance for that game. It was but like 15,000 well, is what they were saying. I don't think there's more than 1,000 people in that stadium. I don't so. know if there was 1,000. I, I, I think it was probably more like two to 300, to be honest with exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely, you know, outnumber them fan-wise for sure, um, unless they do some type of money drop, which I don't know how they'll do that with an open stadium. 
unless they'll parachute it in or something like that. But they we'll we'll outnumber them fan wise, and, and it'll be more like a home game, kind of like how it was the first time that we played them. Um, back in 2014. Yeah, I think this actually came out a good time because, uh, you know, it we do close the year with them, the regular season anyway. So, um, you know, I think it kind of puts that rivalry, uh, you know, in every, fresh in everyone's mind, you know, where, uh, you know, we're, we're getting ready for conference play. But, uh, you know, it, it, it lets the fans kind of know that, hey, you know, the, these guys are still around. They're still making, you know, <laughs> dumb decisions and, uh, you know, the, uh, things that never cease to, to amaze me personally. But, um, you know, I, I think I think it, it kind of came at the right time to kind of, uh, you know, light that fire, you know, keep it keep it going, um, you know, for a game that, that's still, uh, you know, several, uh, you know, a couple months away. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that game was also, I think, going to be the weekend after Thanksgiving. So that's any time, you know, that that game on that weekend is really hard to get fans out. So just to add something a little bit extra to it to really make us really determined to come out there and to uh, show up. Yeah, that's going to I think we'll we'll show out big time and um, and we'll have that place rocking. It'll be like a home game for us. Yeah, I, I think actually the the placement of the game works in our favor because I think you have students that are you know obviously we have uh, such a a large um, student uh, base uh, in Atlanta, um, so I you know I think you're going to have a lot of students home and and maybe they come out um, and then obviously all the alumni in Atlanta will come out. So I, I think actually uh, falling there right after Black Friday is, is is the perfect time. Yeah, I think I think I think we'll have a I think we'll have a huge crowd there. So the other thing we wanted to touch on, and Cody, you actually, uh, I'll let you take the lead on this. Uh, you were telling me before uh, we started recording here, but I, I guess there was some controversy with uh, a local bar, um, one that, that you and I know very well from our time at Georgia Southern, uh, Nats Landing. Um, they uh, they put out a um, an Instagram post, I guess, that that is uh, causing some controversy. Talk about that. Yeah, they I think they put out both a, an Instagram and a Facebook post uh earlier today of course we all know that this is the bye week this is the you know we don't have a football game this saturday so um i think they put out something along the lines of uh started off with like hashtag saturdays are for the dogs and they had a guy in a uga shirt and underneath the the tv screen of the georgia game and you know come on and, and cheer for uga or something like that so yeah you know with it being a, a local bar one that a lot of people here in statesboro know one that a lot of students and and, and locals visit and and, and uh, eat and drink at i think a lot of the the more die hard or, or even the even the casual or the the you know regular georgia southern fan if, if you saw that maybe you were a little bit taken aback by it you know this is uh supposed to be a georgia southern bar they're literally right across the street from the practice fields um next to near uh beautiful eagle creek so you know you would expect that if they were going to promote any games at all it would only be for georgia southern football um, definitely not for any other school, especially the, the school in Athens. I kind of get where they're coming from as far as a business goes, as far as, hey, we got college football games on. Come eat our, our, and drink at our place and watch the college football games. Yeah, I get it. You know, it, it, but the way that they went about it and the way that they did it, I think, was wrong, and it kind of rubbed people the wrong way. I think if it was handled like I just said, like, hey, college football is on. Noon games, Georgia versus Missouri at 3.30 is um, uh, Alabama and Texas A&M. Then nobody would have a problem with it. But when you lead it off the post like you're a, a UGA bar 
in Statesboro, then that's where it's going to kind of rub people the wrong way, and you're going to kind of get people mad at it. Now, I think both posts have been removed. Um, I didn't see it later on in the day when I went back and checked. So there seems to be kind of a understanding of, of kind of how the post kind of hit certain fans in the, uh, the area. So hopefully we won't see that mistake again. Um, and you know, it'll, it, it just is what it is and it'll just blow over and, and, um, that won't happen anymore. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, you, you could just kind of go about it, um, you know, more generalized of just, Hey, come, come at the bye week if you're having a football hangover or, or whatever. And, and, come watch some other teams and, you know, have some drinks and eat our food. But, um, yeah, lead, leading off with uh, making it seem like they cater to a team that, that isn't isn't the home team, uh, you know, the hometown team, uh, you know, d- definitely definitely is an issue. So hopefully that, uh, that all gets uh, squared away, you know, that kind of, you know, people kind of forget about it. You know, we certainly don't wish any ill will on there. I have uh, nothing but fond memories of, uh, I think, you know, 50 cent wing night at, at Nats landing back in college. And, uh, you know, uh, I think like $5 pitchers of beer. Uh, so, um, yeah, so, so, you know, ho- hopefully every, you know, they, they learn their lesson from that and, um, and then everyone just kind of, kind of moves on. Yeah, yeah. 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 We love Nats. Um, the food's great. Atmosphere is great. So yeah, hopefully this is just kind of just a slip of the, slip of the mind type deal and you know it's you know everybody move on and then you know they'll you know this won't this will be the last of it so because like you said you know we've we've had great memories there we still go there to eat um my wife and I do so it's you know it's um I think it was just just an honest mistake they don't think they really meant anything by it but I can definitely see um how it came across the wrong way to many fans you know when I first read it, it that's how I felt about it. it was like what what is this you know this isn't right but um I think it was just an honest honest mistake to be honest you know just just to be frank about it I think it's just an honest mistake wow yeah and then kind of interesting parallel here one, one of my fond memories uh, is uh seeing uh Luke Bryan play at at Nats Landing and um that that obviously opens up a can of worms too uh kind of along the same lines of of allegiance with schools um you know we we don't have to get too much into that but uh, you know obviously uh you know Luke Bryan recently being on uh, college game day wearing wearing a UGA hat Cody yeah I think when when you when it comes down to it I think you there's a certain population of students and alumni that will fall in the Luke Bryan category of we went here but they still wear the UGA stuff and then you look at the other group of students and alumni that are like Cole Swindell another country uh, musician that's that's pretty big and he's decked out in, in Georgia Southern stuff all the time um, constantly wears his Georgia Southern hat everywhere and and of course you and I are both in the in the Cole Swindell category and, and would like to see more and more and eventually all of our alumni and student body in that category. So I think that's kind of, you know, the frustration is that we don't we don't get that 100 percent support that we feel like uh, we deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you know what uh, fixes that, Cody, and that's winning. So, you know, if, if George Southern gets uh, kind of writes the ship and, and gets back where, to their winning ways, um, you know, I think you'll you'll see less, uh, you know, UGA apparel around campus. I think you'll see less, you know, uh, more bars, uh, you know, promoting the hometown team um, and uh, just kind of more overall support, uh, you know, for the Eagles. Yeah, just one more thing to blame on Tyson Summers. <laughs> That's right. 
So, uh, you know, with, with that, uh, that, that, that closes us out. So we'll, uh, we'll pick things up next week. Um, you know, recapping that Arkansas state game and, uh, previewing the South Alabama game. Uh, so, uh, for Cody, I'm Matt. Um, thanks as always for listening to Gata talk. Hail Southern. And just for the record, I am, I'm saying that we're going to win in a, in a close game. Hail Southern Cody. I think so too. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gottatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gattatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.